Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas. Welcome to Church. Wait. Today's message is from um, Chad Marriott. I've been in America for about six years. Is it six years? And uh, one of the differences I notice between British people and American people is is the way that we cheer and we encourage one another as a group. So uh, it, I think here in America you kind of go yeah, and in England we go way. <laughs> So could you uh, make me feel at home just for a second, and after three, just go, whee, ready, one, two, three, whee, that's awesome, it's brilliant, great, and that's my message, so uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Chad, and I'm from England originally, which is why I have this funny accent. Um, I'm the worship director here at Threshold, and uh, it's my pleasure to serve here. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, my wife, Sarah, is originally from Lancaster, and that's kind of how we ended up, how I ended up being here. Um, we actually met in England in a Bible college, and um, eventually, cut a long story short, here we are. And so, yeah, it's been great. And um, it's been a real interesting journey, and being part of Threshold, and um, from it has had many transitions, and you know I've lost count how many kind of transitions we've had now. Um, but uh, it has been a great journey, and it's been amazing to to see what God's been doing. It's been tough along the way, but I just really believe that we are absolutely about to step over into something that is really, really significant for threshold, yes, but really for for serving the region. So my message tonight is, even though I'm talking about worship and I'm going to be talking about a throne room type worship encounter, and it's really something that really the whole church could really listen to and deal with, but I want you to hear that I'm actually speaking to Threshold tonight. I'm speaking into the house because I think there's something to be released for the house for this next season. So um, yeah, I hope that's okay. Is that Okay. And by the way, if something, if you like the sound of something, then please say amen, amen, whee, that's awesome, whatever you want to say. But I encourage you, honestly, I encourage you, if you hear something that's truth that goes, oh, that's really good, or I need to hear that, please do say so. Not for me, but for yourself. It's something that I think is one of those things, basically I've got a list of things I want to put right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but that is one of them, honestly. When you hear something, acknowledge it, because you release the power of that word over your life. And it does encourage the speaker. So, you know, that's awesome. Is that okay? Amen. I want to preach myself. I want to do your job as well. So, uh, cool. Well then, the funny thing about... Uh, what I have to do today, or what I want to release, is I had a couple of things, had this focus about um, about worship, and it's been amazing, isn't it, how the last few weeks, if you've been here, um, I know, Jake, it wasn't your plan, was it, to have a worship series, it wasn't that kind of thing, it's just clearly what the Lord has been wanting to reveal and put his finger on, it's been great, and um, so I re- when Jake asked me to, to, to preach tonight, I felt strongly that the Lord was leading me to just one particular area of worship. So rather than trying to just do a general thing about worship, you can go back to the other messages, those really great messages, uh, as a 
as a whole thing. It's really great stuff. There's just one area, really, I feel that I just felt I needed to, to touch on because it's going to be quite unique to the expression and the style of worship that we will be doing here more often. Um, and that is the throne room encounter, if I can put it that way. Throne room. There's two things about it. There's First of all, there's our journey to the throne room. But it, it, more than that, I believe what God wants to release is the song of the Spirit. I feel like what God wants to restore in the church is the song of the bride, the voice of the bride. And uh, who was here last week for our Christmas service? A few of you guys. Yeah, wasn't it great? (laughs) It was great. It was great. Um, But I only bring that up because, you know, we we made a, a special thing of it. The theme was light in the darkness. And we played around with the idea of that. So we actually had a really dark room. We only had the stage lights on and we did some stuff. And it was more of a program and we had a video and it was a little bit more produced. And it was great. It was great fun. And here we are a week later with pretty much nothing on the stage. Just me, you and the Lord. And I kind of did that on purpose because the heart for what I want to release tonight is what is it? in worship that we're actually meant to be doing when we meet corporately. What has it kind of become in the church? What have we got used to? You know, when you, I don't know, when I was a kid, I had a bike and it had um, training wheels. And I remember the day that my dad took one of the training wheels off. And suddenly the bike wasn't balanced. It was like I felt the weight of it and I had to support it. And then he took the other one off and then had that afternoon where he taught me how to ride a bike. I feel that for the church, we've got a little bit used to having the training wheels on in certain places, and I think worship is one of them. And I believe that God kind of just wants to, as a gracious, loving father, he doesn't want us to crash, but I think he just wants us to remove the training wheels and for us to grow again and feel the weight of something. Hang on a minute, I've got to do something here. Because he wants us to glide and, and stuff in the spirit in, I don't know, a holy bike. But is that a good analogy? Does that make sense? <laughs> and yeah, so the funny thing was, I was getting ready for this, and I was like, I don't think I'll preach for very long. I'll do some stuff, I'll do some notes, and then we'll actually do it. So the heart tonight really is, I've cleared some space, just a little bit of space. We're going to get back into worship, because I believe God wants us to, first of all, encounter him at the throne, and, and also, it's, a bit of a, it's going to be a bit of an exercise tonight. I know it's Christmas and we've had holidays and we've all eaten too much probably. Um, but uh, there is a bit of work to do because I believe there's a breakthrough to be had. And it's not just for us. We get the breakthrough first, but then other people's benefit. And the region will benefit from what it is we're going to break through into. And... Uh, so I only prepared a few things, and then actually it was literally this afternoon when Jake was just, hey, just checking in today, and you know, you're good for tonight. And then he actually reminded me of a word, <laughs> it's hilarious, he reminded me of a word that I had earlier in the year, which I'd completely forgotten about. And uh, we met up today, and I just looked at it, and it was on the 26th of January, uh, I had this word about worship and, and prayer in the heavenlies. And I was like reading through it. I was like, well, that's my preach. (laughs) So it's awesome. So back in January, I got this word. Um, 
and I'm going to release that word. I think what I'll do is I'll give some notes, just talk about a few things, because whilst I'm here and I'm talking without a piano, I can't play and sing at the same time, play and speak at the same time. Um, I know there's just a few practical things. I just believe it would be good to just release and help us to understand what it is we're going to be doing more in worship. A few things uh, just to learn about and to flex a new muscle maybe. And then we're going to do it. Cool. If you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. And while you're turning there, uh, there's pretty much just the foundation. I just want to lay a bit of a foundation. Like I say, just a little bit of teaching, just a few practical things just to get us ready. And I'm pretty sure you would have heard all this before. But it's always good to be reminded of the truth, isn't it? Matthew 16, and I'm going from verse 13. I might have a different translation from you, but you can obviously follow along. Okay. When they arrived in the area of Caesar Philippi, Jesus asked his disciples, what do the people say about the Son of Man? Who do they understand him to be? They answered, some say he's John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others think he is Jeremiah, and other maybe one of the other prophets. Well, what do you think, Jesus asked? Who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, Simon Peter answered. Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed, Jesus said. This could not have been revealed to you by any man, but only by my Father in heaven. And I tell you clearly that you are Peter, a rock. And I will build my church on the bedrock on which you are placed. And the very gates of hell shall not overcome my church. I give you the key truths that unlock the way into the kingdom of heaven, so that you have authority to restrict or prevent on earth what is not allowed in heaven, and you have my permission to liberate on earth whatever is liberated in heaven. Okay, if you skip over to chapter 17, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John up a high mountain. There, he was transfigured before their eyes. His face was radiant, shining like the brilliance of the sun. His clothes shone with glorious light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them also, talking to Jesus. Lord, it's good for us to be here to see this, Peter said. Oh, bless Peter. <laughs> Would you like me to erect these can a canopy for you, and one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah? And while he was saying this, a bright cloud enveloped all around them, and they heard a voice speak from the cloud, This is my beloved son. I am very pleased with him. So listen to what he says. On hearing this voice, the disciples were scared and they fell to their ground on their faces. Jesus came and he touched each of them saying, stand up, there is no need to be afraid. And when they looked again, only Jesus was standing there with them. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll finish there. Real interesting part of Jesus' ministry, he's 
he's among the disciples in his humanity, and yet they've been around him for some time. And so he asks the question, we've all heard this preach before, you know, who do men say I am? Oh, well, they think you're this, they think you're that, they think you're the other. And then, of course, he chains it to the disciples because they've been with him. So who do you say I am? And, of course, Simon Peter is like, well, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. Because probably for the last years, uh, he's seen Jesus do Christ Messiah things. And so his revelation is like, you're him. And Jesus, if you notice, only at the point where Peter's had the revelation and he, he declares it, you are the Christ, Jesus in returns declares, and you are Peter, the rock. And on this rock, etc., etc. This is really important because I believe that what God wants in worship is for us to encounter him for who he is now. And to see him in the spirit, who he is now. Because when we see him, he's able to then minister to you and minister to who you are in the heavenly realm, at the throne. And I believe that maybe the church in some areas, it's okay to, you know, to worship Jesus and the things that he did. It's absolutely fine. But I really believe that the area that God wants to just kind of put his finger on for us as threshold is the heavenly place, a throne room encounter where we're declaring him for who he is now in his risen state and seeing him with the eyes of the Spirit. And I believe that it's not just for us to big God up, but I really believe, and I had this picture so strongly in prayer time uh, when we prayed as a staff, that Jesus wants to minister to you from his throne. And I just saw we were worshiping and praying one day, and I just, you know, using my imagination, I use my imagination quite a lot, quite creative. And so I imagine the things that I'm, I'm reading. And uh, I just saw this light. This, I knew I was at the throne. I was just worshipping. And I could just see that this figure kind of come from the throne. And it, Jesus was coming out from the glory, ministering from the glory. And it was healing. It was powerful. It was, uh, it was supernatural. And it wasn't... It was close because it was at the throne. And my point I'm trying to make here is that it wasn't a distance thing. It wasn't like I'm all the way down here on earth praying and worshipping God from a distance and hoping that he'll, he'll give me something. It was so direct because we'd, we were kind of in the spirit right before the throne. Does that make sense? You notice as well after that encounter and that revelation that Jesus then takes them up the mountain where he's transfigured before them. And it's just really my same point is that this was a chance for Jesus to finally show them, okay, now you understand who I am. I'm going to kind of show you my glory. And it makes me wonder sometimes what Jesus went away to be by himself with the Father. I just, you know... There's nothing really to say this, but I just wonder how many times he kind of did that in secret. Because remember, he came from the glory. He left the glory. We sang it in Heart of the Herald. He left his mild, he lays his glory by. There was a, I, can, I need to get this right, but there's a beautiful saying that I heard. And it was along the lines of, I identified myself with the poverty of your humanity so that you could identify with me in the riches of my divinity. 
Don't make me say that again. <laughs> we have to get the tape. <laughs> but isn't that a great thing? And that's exactly who our Savior is. He left his glory, identified with the worst parts of who we were, in order for us then to be raised with him in Christ, seated in heavenly places. And again, why? what's this got to do with worship? Well, if Jesus now is at the throne, he's risen and ascended, and he's now in his resurrected body at the throne, through the cross, we have access in the spirit to meet with him in that way. And through that, he wants us to be identified with him in his divinity. Isn't that cool? And it will take us for the rest of our lives to work that out. That's why we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But um, I believe what God wants to do is he wants his church to arise. He wants his church to shine, feel light has come. We were singing it, declaring it last week. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And God wants to rise and he kind of wants to just bring his glory in our lives. It sounds all spiritual and amazing, doesn't it? But why, what's the point of that? And again, we just sang it in that last song. God needs us for us to meet with him in that way because he knows we can't fulfill the great commission or anything for him in our own strength. We need a glorious encounter of who he is and we need a, an encounter and a revelation of who we are so that through his spirit he can, you know, bring alive the nature of his love in us so that there's a flow coming out of our lives, a flow of his supernatural grace to one another, his new commandment to us, you know, love one another in the same way I've loved you. I'm not very good at that. It was a time when I was younger and at Bible college, and I thought I was good at it. And I was like, yeah, I can love people. That's great. That's easy. And now I realize I'm a little older. It's like, it's not so easy. Um, people push buttons. People do things, and I probably do things to other people. It has to be supernatural. Grace, love. You know, there comes a point where I'm quite limited. And Jesus makes a good point. He says, you know what? In you dwells nothing good. Thanks, Jesus. In you dwells nothing good. So what is he going to do with that? Well, he's going to put it on the cross. He's going to kill it. And um, again, what do we see in our Western church is a lot of self-help, a lot of self-improvement. How to be a better you. Jesus' book is How to Be a Dead You. <laughs> God wants you dead. Sorry about that. But he wants you dead because he actually he wants you alive in him. Okay? He knows that you're no good in your own self. Okay? So anyway, there we go. Moving on. Merry Christmas. <laughs> So the true nature of worship is to give worth. That's its meaning. Worship is worthship, to give worth. And of course, God, we sing it and we know the words. God is worthy, but he's worthy of our best. He's worthy of what we can give him. He's worthy to receive the highest praise. And 
I just want to touch on what worship in the spirit, and I said about the, the whole bridegroom, the whole the, the song of the bride. I believe that, uh, if I could just go through this real quick, the last time I preached, I had boxes, and I was teaching about the spirit, soul, and body. I'll, I'll do it over here, and uh, just to get to the spirit. So over here is your body. This is my body. Look good, don't I? In the middle here is your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your will. And this is the spirit, okay? The human spirit. Now, your soul needs a body to express itself, okay? Before you were born again, your spirit was dormant. You had a spirit, but it was, it was kind of dead, okay? When you did get born again, God's spirit, Holy Spirit, came to live in your, in your spirit. And his intention is for the spirit to impact the soul life. But in order for that to happen, the soul has to submit to the spirit. The problem we have is, whilst we're here on the earth, we have what's called the flesh, and the flesh is simply the soul life and your body acting independent of the spirit. That's all it is. And Jesus said, or Paul says, doesn't he? He's like the spirit and the soul are at odds with each other. So there's always this sense of a fight and a tension. And you'll know that tension and fight as soon as you want to do something spiritual. And as soon as, you know, like what we're going to do tonight, there might be a point in you where you're thinking, I want to stop, I want to give up, I've had enough, that's good. When it comes to prayer and worshipping in the spirit, all that is, is your flesh. That's all it is. It's your flesh going, I don't want anything of the spirit, thank you very much, because I want to be in control. Now, unfortunately, like I said, we're going to have that flesh until we actually go to heaven, die, and obviously be with the Lord in glory. Because in heaven, there is no flesh, right? We're going to be free without that. But while we're here on earth, that will be a reality that we live. So, you know, in all, in all our spiritual life. Uh, now, this is where I kind of made fun about the, the whole self-help thing. Because, you see, there's a lot of stuff these days being aimed at the soul. How to help the soul, how to improve the soul, how to be a better this, how to do that. Maybe we should heal the soul. Maybe we should do that, la, 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 la. And Jesus actually gave us the sermon to deal with that. If you lose your life, you'll find it. And unfortunately, there's just a lot out there getting mixed up now, trying to save, save certain things that we should actually lose and crucify and get rid of. Um, the point I'm going to make here is just quite simply, Jesus said, just deny it deny it but live in the spirit live in the fullness of my spirit allow the spirit to impact your mind your emotions and your will and like I said when you pray and you worship what's happening is you can make a conscious decision to submit to the spirit's leading and that's what you're doing you're just simply like okay I'm going to submit myself to the spirit and allow the holy spirit to direct to direct Remember, the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counsellor. He's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of worship. So that's what you're submitting to. You're submitting to his Holy Spirit who wants to realise his life in your life so that rivers of living water will flow out of you, right? 
So I just mentioned that. So this, just remember, the flesh is the body and the soul that wants to act independently of the spirit. It's kind of basic stuff, but oh my gosh, it's, it's what you face every single day of your spiritual life. You know, so it's not just a, oh, well, yeah, I heard that in, you know, Christian class 101. It's what we have to live out now all the time. And so why do we pray? Why do we worship? Because we're, we're building up the spirit and making the flesh weak. Building up the spirit, okay? Now we want to be a people of the word because the Holy Spirit, he will lead you to the truth. And he'll remind you of the things that Jesus said. So we've got to be a people of the word so that what's in us is the word and the Holy Spirit can remind us and you get it. Now I mentioned that because the worship that's in the spirit is different from the worship that would be produced from the soul. We can't do soulish things and expect a spiritual result. Okay? So, where am I going with this? Well, let's go to John 4, John chapter 4. I wouldn't be a worship leader if I didn't know this scripture. <laughs> ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba. And we're going to verse 21. I don't have time to unpack the whole thing. I think you guys know the scene. He's with a Samaritan woman. He, there's a whole lot of stuff around that whole situation. But this is the point we're going to be making. Dear woman, believe what I say to you. There will come a time where you'll neither, mount, uh, neither worship the Father here in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know the one you'll worship. We do know him, so salvation comes from the Jews. But a time is coming, and in fact already has come, when those who worship the true way will worship the Father in the power of his... Yeah, you can say it. Spirit, in the power of his spirit, and in the truth of his word. These are the kind of worshippers that the Father wants. God is spirit. This is why those who worship him must do so in spirit and in truth. Okay, Jesus isn't making a suggestion. He's actually making a point here. God is spirit, so really the only way you can worship him is in the spirit. But that does require your soul, okay? So the, remember, the, the relationship is the soul, wants, uh, the spirit wants to impact the soul and be expressed through your body, okay? Worship isn't an activity, it's an expression of the heart, which is why you can worship by singing song or by serving someone. And if you remember, uh, there's the, the, in the Old Testament, first of all, Moses had the tent of meeting. We had the tabernacle and the presence of God was revealed in that place and the glory cloud. Do you remember this? It's funny when people say that. Do you remember that? Like you were there. Uh, <laughs> but you remember reading about it. You remember this, right? That became the temple. And what you see in the temple is the three distinct areas, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. Well, that's just your life. You see, your body is the outer court. That's where you have connection with other people. The soul life is like the inner court because it's kind of hidden and it's, it's internal. And your spirit is like the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God dwells. Ooh, that's cool, isn't it? Just on that, 
In the Old Testament, if you remember, there was the veil. So the presence of God, the manifest presence of God was cut off from the rest of the temple, okay? And um, a lot of stuff happened in this area. Some good, some bad, some ugly. And Pastor Jake's already, you remember the shields being replaced and the imitations and there's all sorts of, over the years, kings come in, good kings, bad kings, some as big as your head, uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, it gets messy, it gets mixed up. It's all stuff just like your soul. It's like the soul is like the central point of spirit meets world. And so, again, just a thought, just be, just be mindful of that as we start doing more spiritual stuff because that, you know, things are going to kick off and we just deny it and kick it into touch and submit to the spirit. But I just find it interesting that that was always allowed to happen until Jesus died on the cross and the veil was broken torn asunder and of course his presence now is released into the kind of the whole room but now it's not about it being a room because Jesus is saying it's not about it being a building anymore it's not you're not going to be on this mountain and that building and that place and stuff that's done the time has now come where the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So what Jesus is saying here is, first of all, there's, um, there's an object of worship, the Father. And rather than it just being an object, it's a relationship. So it's not just a God that far off, if I, if I nod enough times, I'll get enough points and do the thing. It's, it's the Father. No, he's the Father. And he's in spirit. And remember, he says here, it's not about it being worship even. It's worshippers. So it's worshippers that the Father wants. And that's why I said, I'm going to be talking about the song of the bride. Okay? Do you remember that song a couple of years ago where, um, I'm coming back to you, the heart of worship. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. You remember that one? The funny thing is, I've seen lots of worship teams do that song. And the first line is, when the music fades and all is stripped away. And then they sing the song and la 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 la. I've been waiting for this day to actually fade the music and strip it all away. Which is what this is all about. Because... The song is expressing, I'm sorry what I've made it, okay? I've made it about a performance. It's been about a set and all this kind of thing. And we have access, thankfully. And by the way, I'm not bashing all these ministries when I mention stuff um, because it's really awesome that we've got so much access to all this amazing worship, these amazing worship teams. And there's some amazing songs coming out, amazing ministries, and it's really, really, really good. I think the thing that I'm just slightly like, oh, I long for is that it wouldn't just be turned into a song or a thing that's just on your phone or in the car or it's just noise or um, if I could be brave as, you know, it's just now just the music we listen to, you know. But then when you go to certain places and I love music, okay? I'm a musician. I love music. I love lights. I love shows. I love all that stuff. I write stuff. I write film scores. I love it. I think that gives me the permission to say, let's get rid of it. <laughs> it's not about getting rid of it, but it's just don't let it become about that. Music is a tool. 
And I love it when we're in a big, loud, you know, band and we're, we're expressing praise and worship. I love it when Cameron lets loose on the toms and the drums. And I'm, you don't know this, I've got a little thing here that I can push and I can talk to the band in their ears. So you're, you're worshipping away and I'm going, go on, Cameron, smash the toms, go on, do it, the drums. And it's like, it's like I'm the Holy Spirit or something, but... Um, <laughs> so it's not about it being bad that there's music and there's there's the production it's great it's just that what I've noticed it's become it's become about an individual with a microphone and a camera and a thing and it looks great and it's awesome but the thing I fear is that it's become more and more the generations it's, it's shifted I remember worship albums from years ago, where it used to be mostly a congregation and somewhere in the mix there was a band, you know. And, of course, that wasn't sounding great, but the point was, oh, this is the worship from this event and this is what, oh, I was there, I remember that bit, or what have you. And over the years, it slowly got better and it's got excellent and we want to have excellence and I get it. But you, you understand my heart. What I'm getting at is a bit like, yeah, but now it's just become people standing still in making sure they're in the spotlight making sure they got that thing, that production, we're doing a thing, we're on the radio, so we've got this thing. So Holy Spirit, you've got two minutes. Actually, you haven't got two minutes. Oh, no, he's got to speak. We're going to do one song, then he's on the thing, and then it's a lot of... And it just becomes like, oh, come on, guys. That's not what we're about. I'm not against it. I understand this, you know, why people do that, but that's not what we're going to do here. It's thank you. <laughs> and again, hear my heart. It's not because that stuff's bad in itself. It's just that God is longing for, man, I wish you would get off your six planned songs and the thing and the segue and just worship. It's like Jake said, said it several times. God wants to restore worship to worship. So the point, here's the thing, just to backtrack, because the reason I'm bringing up the whole individual with a microphone is because actually I just think it's got a little bit out of balance again. Let's not just make it about a band. The band are there to support what's going on. And we say it often, you are the worship team because we're the worshippers all together, okay? So I hope I'm not in trouble with anyone, but I believe this is the thing. I believe God wants to restore the voice of the bride. Now, what does that mean? What am I talking about? I'm going to go to a couple of scriptures in um, Revelation. And uh, I have this, the translation I'm using has lots of different um, sections in it. And this is a section on worship. So actually, I've got a lot of, uh, of the parts of Revelation that I'm going to just quickly read through. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just look at this one thing and then get rid of my notes. It's better if I just read my notes rather than me waffling off. Listen to these few notes. We pray in the Spirit and we pray strong for breakthrough. The same is for singing and the Spirit directly to the throne. A couple of weeks ago, God asked me in a prayer time, what side of the cross are you living on? And I knew what he meant. 
I don't want to get stuck at living at the salvation part of the cross and just keep going back to the cross and then I'm here and then I'm just back at the cross. God, the cross is central, but God intends us to live from the cross unto the throne. Is that all right? I'll just do my notes and then we'll be done. Jesus wants to minister to you from the throne in the power of an indestructible life. That's what Hebrews says. He doesn't just want to be human Jesus to you all the time. He wants to be King Jesus, heaven Jesus, awesome Jesus, resurrected Jesus. Worship in the spirit is needed to enable the life in the spirit. It releases the power to live in God's supernatural life. That You know, I mentioned about the temple just a while ago. Through Hebrews, it does this beautiful picture of like, look, Jesus didn't go into a man-made sanctuary. He went into heaven's sanctuary itself with his own blood opening up the way so that we can encounter him in that place. When we worship in this way, it's really going about going beyond yourself. True worship takes you beyond yourself, but it releases who you are in Christ I think that was just more reference to, if you remember the Peter revelation, we worship him, have a revelation of him, so that he, he can give us a revelation of us in that context. Because then we can start living and loving people from that revelation, rather than thinking we've got to do it ourselves. Does that make sense? La, 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 la. Throw my notes away. There we go. So, I mentioned about the soul, the flesh, and the spirit. You're all with me now. Sometimes the spirit wants to do things that the soul just really doesn't like. But we have to remember we're just submitting. Now this is where faith comes in. All you people that want one of these plants, you've been eyeing it up all this time. As soon as you now, you see, you know, you know what you're going to, that's faith. Before it was just a stage. There was nothing there. You didn't even think about it. Suddenly there's an object that you want to get. That's faith. And that's the kind of faith that we should all have every time we want to worship. Because our faith will be, I'm going to meet with, with God. Not, oh, will I meet with God? Let's see what happens today. Let's see if they sing my favorite song. Let's see if the sound is good. Let's la, 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 la. All the excuses that we have. The faith is there's God, he's risen, he's ascended, he has made the way, I belong to him, I'm going in my spirit. My body is here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in Living Hope Community Church, or in wherever you have your secret place. Because this is the point, this is why I'm doing all this. I want to help you understand that the kind of worship we're about to go into, you can do this anywhere. It doesn't rely, and this is why I was kind of having a bit of a dig of the bands and stuff. I'm not against them. I think it's great. And I'd love to, you know, all that stuff. But true worship is about you connecting with the Father in the power of his spirit, declaring who he is in the truth of his word. It's not about just declaring your feelings for him. It's not about writing love letters to him from a distance. It's not about having words that threaten that you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's an actual engagement and a connection in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit in the book of Revelation says to John, come up here. Doing stuff in the Spirit takes you beyond where you're at. That's why we've got to do it. 
so we can grow in him. Everything the Spirit asks of you will be to grow you, to take you beyond yourself. That's why we've got to lose ourselves so that we can grow in the Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, let's get to Revelation. I wanted to read a bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip just for sake of time. But uh, at the beginning, if you don't mind me paraphrasing, I deliberately read the transfiguration of Jesus because you see a parallel here with Revelation. John is taken up in the spirit in this vision and he sees Jesus in his resurrected state as he is now. He's white. He's blazing with glory. He's got eyes of fire. He has a sword coming out of his mouth. It's powerful, it's freaky, it's weird, and he hits the deck. And exactly the same thing happens as we just read in the Transfiguration. Jesus touches his head and says, do not be afraid. The point I just wanted to make with this, sorry, is that's the same John that put his head upon Jesus' breast when he was in his humanity. The same John that had a relationship with Jesus and was close enough to call him brother, you know, gave him a hug and was that close. And yet this is the same John that when he sees Jesus resurrected, he hit the deck. And again, it's not one or the other. I just believe it's both. And again, the training wheels. Jesus ain't your bro. It's just my bro, dude. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Gee, oh, Jesus. If I was in London, I'd be like, Jesus is my mate. Yeah, he's your friend, but he's also your Lord and your saviour. You know, it's just having the right balance. And when you need Jesus to be the friend, he reveals himself as that. Because again, you can go the wrong way as well, can't it? He can be also high and mighty that there's no earthly connection. There's no human thing. Do you understand what I mean? But this is why we rely on the Spirit, because the Spirit reveals him perfectly in every way. At the beginning of Revelation, at the beginning of that vision, he says, the Spirit said, come up here and I will show you what must take place. I'm going to skip a little bit. This is what's happening in the throne room of heaven. And this is where we, as people, and particularly, okay, I'm not from around here. I don't know if you noticed. Again, if I was in England, I would say this is we, as Brits, have to change our mindset. This is where we have to park our Britishness. So if I could just do the same thing here, this is where we need to park our Lancaster Countyisms. And kind of remove them, get the soulish kind of Lancaster culture stuff and let it submit to the spirit. Because why? This, this is why. He's before the throne. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him and they place their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor and power because you created all things and it's by your will that they came into an existence and they were created. The next part, I looked and I heard, listen, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. Angels aren't small. Just We've just had Christmas. 
the shepherds didn't go, oh, look at that little cherubim. Isn't he so cute? Look at that. You know, and he's like, hark, hark, hark. No, it's like, hark. You know, they were scared. Okay, well, now look at this. You've got hundreds of them. I heard many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. There were thousands, even millions of them saying, they're not only big, but they're saying loudly again and again, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to continue to receive, to continue to receive. It doesn't stop. You're getting the idea, you understand this. And then this is where you come in. And I heard every creature on heaven, on earth, under the earth and under the sea, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing, honour, glory, might, power forever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, it shall be so. And the elders fall down and worship. Next bit, as I watched, I saw a crowd, a crowd now, a crowd so great it was impossible to count from every nation, tribe, people group, and language. Lancaster was there, and you could see, that was a joke. You're allowed to joke, you're allowed to laugh, it's okay. And they stood before the throne. You're meant to stand before the throne. They stood before the throne, and in front of the lamb, clothed in white robes, he's wrapped in white robe. You don't have righteousness of your own. He's given you his righteousness. Get your eyes off yourself and on to the Lord. They stood before the throne in front of the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, or placentas or whatever they're called. And they cried out with loud voice. Everyone say loud. loud. There we go. They cried out with loud voices, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. All the angels standing around the throne, the elders, fall in their places. It goes on and on and on and on and on. I could keep reading, but you, you get the idea. Later on it says, they sang to the Lord a new song. All through the Psalms, sing to the Lord a new song. Shout, make his praises known. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout, rejoice. There's like nine Hebrew words that express are expressions of worship. Twirling, jumping, clapping, bowing, kneeling. And by the way, and I'm, you know, let's just use, use your imagination. The elders in heaven are falling down. They're not kind of just, oh, that's good. I believe what they're doing is they're like, you know. And the living creatures, they're covered in eyes. Do you remember that? And it's so weird. It's like, oh, it's so weird. You read this stuff and it's like, God, this is so weird. It's weird. Why is it so weird? Because it's holy. And holy means different, set apart. And I... The thing about the eyes, I I, I kind of guess, is that wherever they turn, they see him. Whatever they do, they see him. And their response is to go, holy, 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 in their amazing, supernatural, massive, supersonic, loud, ear-piercing. Heaven is a loud place. And Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So 
So I'm not trying to drum up some kind of, we've just got to be loud for loud's sake, but I do believe there's something to be said about this county that we have got to let rip some worship and praise. And it can't be in the context and the culture of what we understand in the natural. I believe the Spirit is saying, come up here! Come up here! Come up here! Come on! Come on! Come up here! Release the sound! Release it! Merry Christmas. The sound of the bride is simply the sound of your voice all together. Adoring, worshipping, fixing, gazing, expressing, overflowing praise and glory to our King. There isn't really a distinction between praise and worship because as you've just read in, in Revelation there, they worshipped him by praising him and then they praised him by worshipping him. So to worship him is to praise him, and to praise him is to worship. But it's definitely an expression, and he's the focus. You are standing before the throne in a white robe in his righteousness. You're standing before your Father in Christ Jesus. This is why we're really careful about the songs we sing here because we first of all we want God to be the one who is the focus but I believe it's so important that any songs that are about us have to be in context of the truth of who we are in Christ and not some weepy misery oh I'm so broken <laughs> fix me Lord I fixed you when I died on the cross <laughs> and you're seated in heavenly places Okay. Oh, I might preach in a minute. So, just to sum all this up, and I'm going to read you this word that God gave me, because that's actually in the anointed bit. All of this was the introduction. <laughs> what we're going to do in just a moment is actually enter into a time of worship, but I'm, I'm probably going to instruct everybody. I'll be doing it on the microphone. And it's not because I want to control everything, and I don't mean it to be that, but I, we have an opportunity tonight just to flex a muscle and, and go a bit deeper and go a bit higher in the spirit. And I just want to help facilitate that. Can I just say, worship in the spirit isn't just singing in tongues. It's worship that is inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. But the gift of tongues is totally needed. And I'm very thankful to the Lord, but I kind of have it. My, my journey with tongues is, I was at a youth retreat one time, and I was being prayed for by a guy, and he was like, do you pray in tongues? I was like, no. He says, do this. And I was like nine years old, and I did as I told, and so I just started it, and it was all a bit weird. So I kind of like told to do it. But then he said, just when you're in the shower, just start speaking in tongues. When you're doing this, just practice it. It's not some weird thing. It's just... And so I just developed this whole thing of like, you know, making noises. But I practiced it. I did, did what I was told. I'm British, do as I told. Um, and it just developed. You guys are so funny. There's a lockdown. Is there? 
Not in my house, there isn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, in England, there's a lockdown! <laughs> the funny thing, um, each state has its own motto, and I just discovered recently that Pennsylvania's is virtue, independence, and I can't remember what the other one was. I just thought it was interesting that independence was the, uh, the middle one. Does anyone know the full one? Liberty, that's it. Virtue, independence, and liberty. Now, I understand it's probably independence from the tyrannical king, but isn't that interesting that... <laughs> I just find it interesting that, as a Brit, my observation of you Americans, you're a little bit independent, and you're a little bit proud of it, too. I just wonder if the Holy Spirit wants to work on that a little bit. But all kidding aside, I just thought it's genuinely interesting, particularly of our region and the things that we're going for in the spirit. I'm not saying that's a negative thing necessarily, but goodness me, independence is like, it just flies in the face of, of everything that we do in the spirit because everything is about yielding, submitting to the spirit to enable the life of who he is. Jesus freely submitted himself to the father and he asks us to do the same. So, anyway, you can have that for free. Worship in the Spirit requires the soul to submit, to yield out of love. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. He's not saying, well, if you love me, you'll obey me. Twist your arm. No, he's saying obedience is an expression of love. Worship is an expression of love. And he's like, you can trust me. I've shown you my perfect love. Now, just simply obey me in your love. You know? That's what we teach our children as well. Okay, we're going to get into worship. Let me just release this word, because this makes much more sense than what I've been doing the last half hour. Are you ready? Worship in the heavenlies. This was a word I got at the beginning of the year, and I believe it will help us get into what we're going to do. Worship in the Spirit is the key to release of the things of the Spirit in the heavenly realm. We have access and position to worship and release from heavenly places, not to heavenly places. Now, more than ever, is the time for the church to rise in the spirit and take her God-ordained place in the heavenly places. Not praying just from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. Have heavenly thinking. Have kingdom thinking. Have kingdom identity. Unlock the heavenly sound over the principalities in your region. You're over them not under them, as you continue to submit to me. There is a lock over the region. That threshold has been commissioned to unlock. The worship and the prayer in the Spirit produces in you is the key. Unlock that lock in the heavenly realm with the worship and the prayer in the Spirit. Don't ask me to move mountains. Sing, pray, 
declare from heavenly realms that the mountains are to move. People of a natural mindset will question you and they'll question your methods because they don't have heavenly thinking. But you are breaking through into a new realm that you are to inhabit, not by man's methods, but by my spirit. I'm releasing a new sound for you to release. Be strong and don't give up. The flesh will tire quickly, but press on forward in my spirit. Amen. I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it. So praise the Lord. Okay, so that, that, that's your encouragement. And I hope that you got something from that. I know I've waffled a little bit. But just remember this. Simply worship, true worship, is to worship the Father, to give him what he's worth. But he doesn't need your worship. He wants to fellowship with you at the throne. He wants you at the throne, heavenly thinking. He wants you there because then he wants to release the power of his supernatural life into your life. So that when you then kind of come back down to earth or you live in the body, you're living from heavenly places. I believe that's a call, isn't it? You heard that heart. I heard it so many times in different phrases. Come on, live from that place. Don't tire yourself in the flesh to keep trying to live to it. You are in it. Come up here. Come up here. Just one more thing I just want to say, and this is more linked to prayer, because there is a distinction. Prayer deals with the situation you're in, okay? Worship gets the focus of the one who is above the situation. And as part of that word, I had I was in the gateway house of prayer, and I had a picture of an eagle and uh, it wouldn't go away, so I just started Googling images, and I found this picture of an eagle with a snake. And um, I read the article, and it was explaining how eagles uh, eat snakes, basically. Yeah. I find that interesting, an eagle and a snake. What happens is the eagle is already soaring at the heights. It spots the snake. It swoops down. It grabs it, and it pulls it straight up into the air. It takes the snake out of its environment and it can't fight back on its own terms. The eagle takes it into his realm. And whilst he's doing it, he breaks the head off. Sorry, kiddies. (laughs) What a great picture that is for who God intends us to be in the spirit already at the heights, looking at the heights with him. And then God says, that's your assignment. Right, down we go. We don't stay there. We grab that thing and we take it into the heavenlies and we deal with it. Praise the Lord. So what we're going to do, I know this is all a bit weird. It's like, oh, let's worship. Um, (laughs) That's kind of your your pep talk and you're kind of like, roof. I believe God wants us to exercise further in our spirits tonight. And he is the object because we're going to be worshipping the Lord on, the, on his throne. He's just simply going to be the object. And we have done this before. I think tonight is just going to be an encouragement to, come on, let's just dig a little deeper. Let's go beyond where you'd want to give up. 
Let's just push a little further. Let's get a breakthrough tonight. Let's start rising up. Let it not just be pages on a book and a sound that we love, that tickles our spirits. Let's actually now put the rubber to the road. So what we're going to do, I've actually cleared a little bit of space. If you're comfortable with being a little close to people, um, there's no pressure at all. But I wanted to encourage you, if you wanted to come down the front here, it'd be awesome if we could just do that as a group and just come forward. Again, why? It just helps bring focus. Remember that faith, draw near. Imagine this is the throne if it helps you. But I deliberately wanted to have a bit of space because maybe you might want to express, maybe the Holy Spirit will lead you to do something that you've not done before, like kneel down or prostrate yourself before him. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You let the Holy Spirit lead you what to do. I'll just say that if that's you tonight and you have that feeling in your gut, it's like it suddenly makes you feel like the room's completely dark and there's a spotlight on you and everyone's watching. Can I just give you some advice? No one's watching. No one cares. It feels like it because I remember that morning. I remember a morning in Bible college and I was like, I've never knelt before. You know, and I knew I had to do it, so I got out in the aisle. And it literally did feel like, like, like you're all watching me right now. It literally felt like everyone was like... <laughs> no, I tell you what happened. Nobody took any notice, but something broke in me. Something changed. And since then, I've been so free to just be expressive. When I pray, I don't bow, not out of pride, but Jesus looked up. He looked up to his father. And there are times where it's right to bow, and I, I do it, you know, I'm sensitive. But a lot of the time, when my, my posture of worship, when I'm not playing a piano, is this. Yeah. Amen. What, regardless of what I feel like. It doesn't matter what you feel like. That's kind of the problem. Right. You follow your feelings too much. Right. You've got to let the feelings be submitted, submit it to the spirit. Let the spirit show you how to express. Is this okay? Merry Christmas. Because <laughs> we've just been celebrating God coming as a baby, but he's not a baby anymore. We are worshipping an adult. I got that from Anthony. He's an adult. He's the king of kings. He's the king of glory. So I believe God wants to minister to us, but we're first of all going to minister to him. And we're going to exercise what it is to worship in the spirit. Let me just give you some practical stuff. Close your eyes um, when you do this. It can help. We're not singing songs, so you don't have to watch the screen. My goodness me, that screen gets a lot of worship, doesn't it? They're all singing to me. <laughs> no, you don't have to. It's not about singing a song. And if we do sing a song, it'll be something so simple and so focused, you won't need to look at words. You're connecting your spirit to him. It's so simple to worship. We've made it so difficult. It's so easy. We're just going to start singing. We're going to express our praise and our thanks. No one's going to do it for you, but I'll do it with you. We'll do it together. And this is what we're meant to do when we meet corporately. Not just be led from the front. We're encouraged from the front. But I want to put the microphone on you. Come on, church. Come on, team. Let's worship. And what we're going to do is I will be singing in tongues. 
Ooh. I will be singing in tongues, but I'm going to encourage you to do the same. If you don't sing in tongues, it's okay, because the thing I do is I always switch from tongues to English. Because the thing is, when you sing in a tongue, you're directly to God. You're edifying yourself, and it's a direct thing to God, okay? But I'm gonna, I switch then to English because I want my mind to be engaged. And what I've found over the years is that my mind will start to interpret, or I'll get an idea of what it is I'm worshipping, okay? And speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, again, is slightly different. There's a bit of a distinction, because we need to pray in tongues and pray strong in the Spirit, Sometimes we're getting breakthrough, we're declaring, we're releasing. But there's something different about the singing in the Spirit. It's just worshipful. It just directs you, your gaze to him. I can't describe it. I don't want to make a, a law of it, but that's kind of what happens. So imagine a whole host of people doing that all at once. And I believe what the Holy Spirit does is he leads us all in the same direction. And it just bubbles. And so I want to encourage you in a minute, just we're going to put our focus on Jesus and just keep going, and I'll, I'll, I'll gently come in. Come on, guys, just dig deep, keep going. Is that okay? And then we're just going to allow the Lord to reveal his presence. Oh, I'm sorry, just one more thing. It's like preaching, isn't it? One, just one more thing. It's like Columbo, just one more thing. I always like to give this analogy in worship, where we hear a lot about the presence these days, the presence, oh, the presence, the presence. And this is, I think, the point of my message. We need to go beyond the presence and we need to meet him face to face. I'll give you this quick analogy. If the Queen was here, Her Majesty the Queen, and uh, imagine Peter's the Queen. I know it's hard to imagine, but... So the Queen is here and she sat on the front row. You are in the presence of the Queen. But if she was to get up and have a conversation with you and shake your hand and ask you a few questions and you had dialogue with her, you've just met the queen. God wants to meet with you, not just have you just in the presence. Okay? And I believe that that's what God wants to enable and, and release. So shut up, Chad. Get on with it. I'm going to move this. I just want to invite you to stand. And if, guys, if anybody wants to come down the front here and have a bit of space, and if that's right for you, we're just going to spend the next few moments. If you want to use the front of the stage as, like, just, you know, the throne, if you want to just do that, then that's fine. But... Thank you, Jesus. So let's just start pouring out your heart to him. Make him the focus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, your unfailing love. Focus on him and who he is. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Yes, just raise the voice. If you want to sing in tongues or sing in English, let's, let's all do that together. Vinha, <laughs> 
You can flow from tongues to English and it helps your mind engage, but just pour out your heart and just engage with Him as He is in the heavenlies. Oh, righteous one. This is just for Him right now. You will receive from Him. But let's just pour to him. Let's adore. Hallelujah. Sing directly to him. Make your language. You are. You are. You are holy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord, you are worthy, my Lord and King, you are worthy, but I exalt you, Lord. La 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 ma do la 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 ma do no mundo, shenya la 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 ma do la la ma. Just keep going, guys. Don't let the flesh make you stop. Just keep going. Dig in. You might have to work, but just rise up now in your spirit. Sing loud if it helps. Sing loud with a loud voice. Hallelujah, Keep pressing in just a little bit longer. Your soul might fight, your flesh might fight, but let's rise up. Let's just go beyond. Let's go beyond. Come up here. You are worthy. Join with heaven. You are worthy to receive all glory, all honor, all power. Hallelujah, righteous one. Oh, risen King, oh, King of glory, King of glory, King of glory, King of glory, oh, righteous one. Yeah, release the sound, rise up, bride, rise up, bride of Christ, release the sound, release heaven. Oh, na 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 na
guardian that it is. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be glory and honor and power. Oh, to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be glory. Righteous one. That's it, just let it flow, just keep going. Let the sound rise now. Let's rise again. Let's just dig a deal with Peter. Yeah, let's go up again. Let's just put a bit into it. Oh, singing in a loud voice, holy, 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 righteous Na 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 na
Right before the throne Oh, right before the throne of the King
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, 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 Lord. You are worthy, Jesus. Worthy, Jesus. Jesus. You are robed. Thank you, Jesus. You are robed in righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. My blood has made you clean. You are robed with my righteousness. You are righteous in my sight. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. See yourself washed with the precious blood of the Lamb. All your guilt and shame washed away in that precious flow. I long to live in you. And you have your life in me. Thank you, Jesus. In me, you will have all you need for your life and godliness. For I call you holy, set apart, a child of God. Do not fear, do not be afraid, for I have called you by your name and you are mine. 
You belong to my heavenly kingdom. I am pleased with you. You bring me pleasure. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Just in these next few moments, just see yourself at that throne. And see, or just sense again that Jesus is just just ministering to you now. I just said those things because I felt like God was just saying, look, say this, say this to them. Sometimes it's difficult to hear that he's pleased with you. But I just said, Again, sense, you know, we're coming in line with the truth. We have been washed with his blood and made righteous in his sight. And we live from that place. Thank you, Lord. just believe God is just healing people. It might be emotional. It might be in your heart. And don't worry if you don't feel anything. Some people might feel the presence in some way, but again, it's spirit and truth. Yield yourself to me. I sense the Lord is just saying, just stretch your life out before me. And just yield to my spirit. Don't fight anymore. Don't try to fix yourself. Just yield.
soul rejoice take joy my king in what you hear let it be a sweet Thank you, Jesus. Can you just thank him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I'm aware of time, but you see, in the space of 10, 15, 20 minutes, We've just been loud, we've been praising. There's a breakthrough. It's just easy, it's just him and you and faith and just come near in the good of what he's done, in the power and the cleansing of the blood. And from that place, he just fills you with himself. He fills you afresh with his Holy Spirit. He does simple things in your heart. He equips you, he raises you up, he encourages you. He might correct you. But in his loving mercy and his awesome grace and his overflowing love, which never ends, he will never leave you and he'll never be outgiven. This is the song of the bride. Rising up, meeting with the king. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to show you. Obviously, I, I came in a few times, but it's that simple. You can do this at home. It's just you and him. So I thank you, Father, for what you've started, what you've been doing these last few weeks. Father, long may it just grow, not for our sakes, but for your glory, that you be glorified, Jesus. Be glorified, God. Be magnified. Thank you that your heart's desire is for us to know you and for us to know who you are and who we are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. So, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I think, uh, there you go. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, his presence, I'm sure, is, you know, is here, but this is really how worship times can be. It's not only just about this type of expression, but I really believe that what we've just done is what God wants us to get back to. And you see, the worship team, we're going to have to learn how to flow into this, not have you flow into this. We just start worshiping and we'll learn how to just come in and flow and it'll build. Did you notice, <laughs> did you notice that there was a time where the room kind of, it, it rose and then it felt, it kind of petered for a bit and it a, it, for me it felt in a moment there was a bit like, oh, it's going to go, it's going to go and I was like, no, come on, push. And did you notice after that push, I couldn't stop you? That's a breakthrough. It's not necessarily about, come on, yeah. It's just going beyond that, come up here. But you see, it's like the sound barrier. The sound barrier broke, and it was like, I believe that all through the year, God will have us break through in places like that. So God bless you. Thank you. For more information about Threshold Church, visit the website at threshold-church.com.